are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sun Devils your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. In this episode of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, we're going to be breaking down the offensive and defensive MVPs for the season so far. We're going to break down our top three and in which order we would place them in. Uh, so there might be a little bit of a debate on this podcast today there. And then for the last segment, we're going to be talking about if ASU gets their sixth win, making them eligible for a bowl game, what bowl game should they be playing in? This is a Wednesday edition of the Locked on Sunnables podcast. As always, I am your host, Connor Drios. With me is co-host Richie Bradshaw. Richie, how you doing today, man? I am doing really good. Got a nice workout in, helping my buddy move a bunch of furniture upstairs. So, gotta love moving couches and mattresses and washer dryers and all that good stuff. That. That's my good deed for a calendar year. Nobody I, come bug me I was, next year. I was about to ask, like, it's it's odd that you emphasized. You put, you put a lot of mustard on the upstairs, but here in Arizona, like, basements aren't that common. I do know a couple people in Arizona with them, but, like, I feel like that's much more of, like, an East Coast thing, right? Like, we don't have a lot of houses with basements out here. You got, you got to remember, probably 95% of our listeners are also Arizona-based. Most of us don't even know what a basement is. I guess I guess that is true. But anyways, uh, other than being a little bit tired, we are obviously ready for the podcast here. Are you going to ask me how I'm, I'm doing, or do you just not you not care today? No, you're you're hosting. It's your job to ask me. That's it. Connor, how you doing today? I, I'm doing pretty good. I, I'm not going to lie. It's a, a restful bye week, but uh, still digging into everything Sunnivals related, trying to stay up to date. Uh, every comment that's coming out from. From Edwards and the coaching staff, any injury updates as well, I'm trying to keep up to date on all of that information. But make sure to follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios and find Richie at Richie Brads with a Z36. Follow our Twitter page as well. That'll be at LO underscore Sun Devils. And then make sure to subscribe to all of our podcasts. Make sure you never miss an episode for every new and exciting thing we have coming out about the Sun Devils, whether that's going to be football or basketball as well. Uh, basketball season is upon us here soon, so we're going to be getting that into the mix as well, Monday through Fridays. Uh, but make sure to follow us on the podcast for Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and the Odyssey app, or wherever else you get your podcast. So with that being said, uh, we're going to start our first segment off today with the offensive MVP for the first, what is it, seven games of the season. We're five and two right now. I, I think we can narrow it down to a couple of guys, but maybe the order in which we rank them might be a little little different. Yeah, so off mic, me and Connor came to consensus on three players on offense and three players on defense. So where we rank them might be a little different than each other, but again, consensus on the three on offense and the three on defense. We're not going to mention special teams because, first of all, it, it hasn't been a great unit, but second of, second of all, no one cares. It's the returner, the kicker, and the punter in whatever order you want to put it in, but spoiler alert, Eddie Zablisky would be number one because he's one of the best punters in the nation. But now that we touch on special teams, Connor, you're hosting this week. Why don't you kick us off with your number three offensive MVP, and we'll work backwards. There's a lot of guys I think you can go with here, and if you disagree with our, our rankings, like add us on Twitter. Like Tell us why you think it's somebody else uh, because we're, we're at least open to it. 
The first two, I think, were pretty easy for us to decide, but the third one we, we threw in, for me, it's going to be Ricky Pearsall. We, we've talked consistently about how there's not a week-in, week-out receiving threat, but of all the guys, if I'm going to bet on somebody to come away with uh, either the most receiving yards or they are just picking up first downs, reliable hands, whatever it is, Ricky Pearsall has been the go-to guy, uh, in my opinion, in the majority of the games. It may not be the case. Uh, always, we saw a great game from like Curtis Hodges the, just last week, uh, and we've seen maybe Andre Johnson or other players step up early on in the season as well. Uh, LP Bunkley, Shelton. So, but if I had to pick one receiver, to me, it's going to be Ricky Pearsall. And I'm not going to differentiate too far from you. My number three is also going to be Ricky Pearsall. I love that he's contributed in three different facets of the game. He's completed two passes. He had a touchdown on one of them. He's had a few carries, and he also has a rushing touchdown. And then to top it off, he leads the team in receiving touchdowns, even though it's only two. He still is the lead for touchdowns. He is, I believe, second on the team in receptions. And some. I, he's not that high on the receiving yards. He's probably third or fourth, somewhere in that range. But so, so you don't say that he has two receiving touchdowns. That's the the type of league. Jaden Daniels is only thrown six this year. So we say that he's got 33% of our team's uh, passing touchdowns, which is so much better than saying he's got two touchdowns. Yeah, no, totally. you got you got to take it with perspective, right? So with context, that's the word I'm looking for, not perspective. With context, he's got a third of Jaden Daniels' touchdown passes this year, and he's got four total touchdowns on the season. So Pearsall has been a stud. He's that number one receiver who maybe isn't the X receiver that a Brandon Ayuk or Nikhil Harry were, but... Ricky Pearsall is very, very good. Frank Darby. Frank Darby. Don't even get me started on that bum. So that, that is... Frank, if you're listening, I do love you. Great new threat. Um, so that is, is going to be our number three. I think when we get into to numbers one and two, we're going to differ a, a little bit here. I don't think there will be any shouting. Uh, I, I do have a baby sleeping upstairs, so at least keep that in mind. But I'll probably just like give you a love tap with my fist on, on your shoulder. We'll at least be able to hear it on the mic. But... I'll, I'm going to pass it over to you. I started with number three. Who is your number two offensive MVP this year? Oh, we're going snake draft. I like it. So I get two of the three picks. That's why. I oh, man. This I, there's a part of me that want that wants to make sure I'm different than you, but I'm going to go with what my heart tells me. And number two is going to be Rashad White. Wrong. <laughs> uh, dude, Rashad White has done everything for the Sun Devils offense. It's not a coincidence that he has the team lead in general with 10 touchdowns, well, excuse me, he is tied with Jaden Daniels with 10 touchdowns, but 10 touchdowns from scrimmage, he's got over 700 total yards, he's first on the team in receptions, he's averaging 5.5 yards a clip, and anyone who watches the Sun Devils knows that he is the biggest component of everything that the Sun Devils try to do on offense. Is he the best running back? Probably not, that's probably training him. Is he the best receiver? Naturally not, because he's a running back. But is he the guy who does everything for your offense and he does everything well? Yes, absolutely. That's Rashad White. So to me, it's going to be Jaden Daniels. And where you're going to have the edge here, and spoiler alert, it's going to flip-flop here. Who's going to be 2-1? and one, But Jaden has been solid. I don't want to say he's been incredibly great. Um, he's completing his passes at a 69% clip this year. That's phenomenal. Um, I, 
calling him a game manager is absolutely disrespectful. Yes. But yes, at, it is. But at the same time, it's not like he's putting up 350-plus yards a game and tossing two touchdowns and one on the ground every game. Like He's this dynamic player, and I feel like he's still not used to his full capability. Maybe that, maybe that's on the coaching staff. Maybe that, that he is doing what they're asking him to do. But to me, it just feels like he's meeting expectations. He's not exceeding them. He's playing at a high level, but it's not like he's anywhere near the Heisman conversation. And it's not that Rashad White is. That's not what I'm saying. But you said Rashad White is tied with Jaden Daniels, your quarterback, for the team leading touchdowns. That's crazy. Like, it's not so much that Jaden doesn't have a ton at 10 this year, but uh, Rashad's got 10 touchdowns. Through seven games, ten and seven games, and just doing it through both on the ground and on, uh, through the air, he is first on the team in rushing yards. Granted, that probably would not be the case if Chip Trainum was healthier on in the season, uh, but he's also uh, fourth for the team lead in receiving yards. So you've got guys like Curtis Hodges, Elby uh, Buckley, Shelton, and Ricky Pearsall in front of him. But we kind of jokingly said that, like after last season when he led the team in four games, both rushing and receiving, like. That, that can't happen again, right? And that kind of happened for a couple games, and it's like, oh, it's a longer season, so it's probably not going to happen again, but it's not like he's necessarily close. Curtis Hodges is like 80 more uh, yards in front of him, and it's probably not only going to get further and further apart. But point being is what you exactly said. Rashad White is doing everything for this team. He stepped up when Chip Trainum was out, and it's not so much that they gave him less touches. They they got him involved uh, more so on the ground and kept him involved through the air. So I, I hate to think where they would be without Rashad White. Losing Chip Trainum was a bummer. I think if we lost Rashad White instead, our, our record wouldn't necessarily be worse. But I, I think maybe some of the wins we did have would have been a little bit harder to come across. No, and I think you said all that very well. The only thing I'll add with Jaden, uh, you, your comment about the Heisman really stuck out to me. He, he's not being asked to be a Heisman frontrunner. What he's asked is to run this offense efficiently and effectively, and Jaden is doing exactly that with his arm, with his legs. He, he, the numbers aren't astounding. He's still averaging 200 passing yards a game, and he's still got almost six yards of carry. He's got four rushing touchdowns. Yes, we wish the passing touchdowns were there, but he's putting up points. It's not the video game numbers that a guy like Lamar Jackson at Louisville would put up or a Deshaun Watson at Clemson or even a Tua Tungavailoa at Alabama. No, he's not one of those guys. But Jaden has been steadily improving week by week, and I think that the best is yet to come. I truly think that after this bye week, Jaden's going to turn a corner. And you bring up a good point about what, what Gaines asked to do, right? If you just strictly look at a box score, you can't effectively judge how well someone's playing on the field, right? There, there's so much that is immeasurable. Um, even if Jaden has a quote-unquote bad game, has 150 passing yards through the air, has like 40, 50 rushing yards in the ground, the Sun Devils win by 40, should we come on the podcast and just say, wow, Jaden Daniels is so bad? Well, no, maybe they didn't have to pass because they didn't have to, and they just ran the ball so well, they, did, they just dominated the game. So it's not all about the, the total numbers. Uh, a guy like Case Hatch, if you're asking who the heck that is, that is our phenomenal fullback. If you just watch him several times a game, he absolutely bodies someone on a block. That honestly is probably the hardest working guy on the offense, and that guy doesn't get enough credit. So 
if there was an honorable mention, we probably could talk a, a little bit more about Case Hatch. But so it's just another guy that's not showing up in the box score. So uh, Richie and I, in this case, I had uh, Jaden Daniels at two, Rashad at uh, Rashad White at one, and then just vice versa for Richie. So uh, I, I can at least see where you're coming from. Two great players who are absolutely doing a ton for this team. So stick with us for our next segment. We're going to be breaking down the defensive MVP so so far through this season. Uh, again, talking about our top three and see, seeing if those rankings differ a little bit. You're listening to the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast. Hey there, college football fans. I got some awesome news for you guys, especially those of you who love fantasy football. It's called Price Picks. I know, I just, I love this, and I know you're going to love it too. Price Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world and offer you not just the star players of the Power Five, but also the mid-major players you might not have even heard of. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even to interceptions thrown. Here's something cool for you guys. I got a promotion for you right now. Use the promo code Locked On and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So you put in $100, you get another $100 back by using the promo code Locked On. Here's how it works. Pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry. The best part? It's just you versus the projected numbers. PricePix also allows mixed sports entries. You can take the over on LeBron James, combine it with the under on Patrick Mahomes, do it in the exact same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PricePix offers fast and safe withdrawals too, so don't hesitate Check out pricepicks.com. Remember to use that promo code locked on or go to the app store and download the app today. Price Picks, daily fantasy made easy. Welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Thanks again for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So, little disagreement in the first segment talking about the offensive MVPs. Um, there's other guys I think we could have talked about, but when you're talking about like the, the best of the best so far in this team, I don't, I don't think there's at least the first two, I think, are pretty set. If you want to talk about maybe the offensive line, uh, again, I, I seriously think we could talk about Case Hatch as at least an honorable mention if he just doesn't have the stats. Uh, but you could talk about several other receivers as well. Curtis Hodge is kind of coming into his own. But now let's at least get into the defense for it. Well, I, I essentially had two picks in our snake-style draft for the first segment, so I'm going to kick it off with you. Who is number three for you so far this season? For what it's worth, once again, me and Connor do have the same three players. We've just got a different order, except I have a feeling it's not going to be a different order. I think we're in the exact same boat this time around. I do. So, number three, I am going to go ahead and take Tyler Johnson. And Tyler Johnson very quietly has dominated. Like, he he has three sacks this year. And seven and a half tackles for loss. He has been the presence on the defensive line. And don't forget... He was ejected in week one for targeting. So he essentially missed a full game, and he's still been a dominant presence. Remember, it was two weeks ago that he was not only the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week, but he was nationally recognized for one of the best defensive performances on a Saturday. So Tyler Johnson, is, it, it's so weird how quietly good he's been this year because we put so much emphasis on that secondary and all the playmakers they have. Tyler Johnson doing the dirty work, and you gotta appreciate him a lot. He's he's starting on my list. So I, I think we can at least agree because kind of assuming I know where this list is going at this point. I, I did have Tyler Johnson at, at three as well. Um, he he is much easier for me to swap to two than it is to swap two and one. 
Agreed. So, <clears throat> sorry, the reason I would at least say Tyler Johnson for two uh, is he's just, he's being asked to do so much, right? There's not a ton of help. Well, I, let me take that back. Going into the season, uh, especially with Jermaine Lole out for the season, um, it didn't look like the, the, the defensive line was going to be a strength when actually they'd lead the Pac-12 in sacks. So you, just, you wouldn't think that's the case, but Tyler Johnson's been a, kind of a, a mainstay for it. Uh, he's second on the team currently in sacks with Anthony Cooper in limited time. Uh, I'll, I'll give him that. Has also uh, got three and a half, I think, off the top of my head. Uh, so, uh, again, uh, I, I would say he's coming in at three, but was darn near close to being my number two. I'll take it from here. So our, our number two in this case, assuming we each have number one, which... If our number one isn't the same, I'm not sure we're listening to the podcast. And spoiler alert for everybody. If you listen to this podcast, you know who number one is. But it's going to be Jack Jones for number two. Who? Uh, Jalen Jones. Sir. That's his actual first name. All right. Yeah, it is. So uh, we're going with Jalen Jones at number I had no idea. What a what a great fan I am. I just literally watched a light bulb like pop up above his head. It was magical. Probably because it's Malachi. Uh, oh, what an inside joke. What an inside joke. Um, so, Jack Jones coming in at number two. He's absolutely anchoring down just about every single game this year. Uh, a team's number one receiver. Um, dude's been phenomenal. He's got two picks, and I still have that touchdown. Or not touchdown, sorry. That interception against BYU at the end of the first half stuck in my head. Uh, where it was like one hand, he grabbed it to his helmet at the end. Did it change anything? No. But like literally right at halftime when you stopped him from scoring, it was just like a wow kind of play. Jack Jones has been phenomenal. Uh, him and Chase Lucas, a great dynamic one-two punch. But but Jack Jones, if I had to take anybody, uh, he's been our best corner this season. I think at least has the highest ceiling going forward as well. Yeah, no, uh, definitely Jack Jones has been the guy in the secondary and, and part of that, right, is because Chase Lucas missed a couple of games. But without Chase Lucas, Jack Jones stepped up big time. He's been falling. He doesn't play like his size either. He does not play like a dude who's under six foot. Jack Jones, in case you didn't know, he's only 5'9 and probably 180 pounds soaking wet. He is not a big dude, but my goodness, is he physical and he's not afraid to make a tackle. He's a playmaker, too, with those two interceptions. He has, he does not have a sack. He does have a tackle for loss, though. And five pass deflections. We got those stats right in front of me. And yeah, he's been a stud. Don't forget, he forced a fumble, too. So Jack Jones has been all over the field. It's not a coincidence that both of them have him at number two. Connor, just because everybody knows who it is, on the count of three, go ahead and tell the good people who we pick for number one. One, two, three. Darian Davidson. Butler. Oh, I meant Darian Butler. Oh, Darian okay, Butler. okay, okay. Yeah, Darian Butler. Yes, I'll, I'll kick us off. Okay, Darian Butler is the man. He does literally everything. He's built like a modern linebacker, and he flies around like it too. It, he leads the team as a linebacker. Three interceptions, forty-four tackles, six for loss, two sacks. He flies around the field. The only thing he hasn't done this year is score a touchdown. And I'll tell you what, he's put his teammates in positions to make splash plays as well. It, it's not a coincidence that guys like Kyle Soley and uh, the, the Merlin freshman. Robinson. Or no, no, the freshman. Uh, Eric Gentry is who I was thinking of. But Merlin Robinson also 
benefits big time from playing with Darian Butler. So all those linebackers, I would tell you, are better because of how great Darian Butler has played. And that's not a slight to any of those three. Sure, I'm not the biggest Soli fan in the whole world, but he, he is good. Eric Gentry, we're very excited about moving forward. And Merlin Robinson is definitely the established veteran on that defense. But I would tell you that Butler has impressed me the most out of all four of them. I, I think it's it's not difficult to say Darian Butler is He's definitely one of the best players in the Pac-12. I, I think if you're asking some of the experts who they think these people are uh, in, in all of college football, Butler's not going to get the recognition. It's not because of who he plays for. It's not the position. It's not. It's it's nothing other than the fact that he plays for ASU on the West Coast, playing generally in the later games. Uh, quick side note, I, I believe our, our game against Wazoo is actually a day game, so that'll be a, a nice little change of pace. Uh, so hopefully an opportunity for Darian Butler to shine. It is. Actually, I think it's like it's either 10 o'clock or noon. Like, it's an early game. It is not hashtag Pac-12 after dark. That's all I know. No, it's Pac-12 in the morning? That is Question not a mark? hashtag, but we'll, we'll start it. It'll be one. That's okay. Um, you, you can keep your hashtags. But easily one of the best defensive players in the Pac-12. Easily the best defensive player on our team. I, I think when you start to look at the rest of the Pac-12, uh, we literally just saw him last week. But a guy like Devin Lloyd arguably has played better this year. Uh, so I, I think when we, we come down like these last five games here, will he be the best player in the Pac-12? It's it's a lot of competition. Uh, he'll, he'll certainly be on pace for that. But I, I think barring something incredibly drastic, uh, an example like maybe Jack Jones, who is our number two overall, uh, defensive player for ASU, just absolutely dominating through five games, getting several interceptions, multiple touchdowns, that kind of thing. It, it's going to be Darian Butler as... Uh, our, our number one defensive player for ASU. Without a doubt. So with that being said, those were our first two segments. Now we're going to talk about if ASU does win their sixth game. Uh, we do have to wait a little bit for that to happen, whether that's going to be Wazoo or somebody else. Once they win that sixth game, they're going to be eligible to play in a bowl game. Where should ASU be playing? That's next. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. I've been talking about Bilt Bar now for several weeks. And I actually had a couple people that I know personally ask me, like, hey, have you actually tried these built bars or are you just reading off an app? The first time or two, it was definitely just reading off an app. But after I tried built bar, they are absolutely the best tasting protein bar I've ever had. If you haven't tried a built bar by now, you're you're just missing out. That's all I'm gonna say. They say it's the best protein bar, but it does not taste like one. I'm, I'm telling you right now, whether it is uh, the texture or the flavor in itself, it's got it all. But you have to try one of these amazing bars for yourself to actually believe it. Most protein bars are either pretty chalky or like even waxy or just plain hard to swallow. But a built bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate. And when, you able, when you're able to bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience than one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd even swear they're eating a candy bar. Built bars are low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Another great thing about Bilt Bar is there's so many mouth-watering flavors, including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and even German chocolate. This month, Bilt Bar is coming out with a new limited-time flavors every three to four days. So check out their website often. You do not want to miss out. Go to BiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. We're back and better than ever with a new web interface and the start of basketball season right around the corner. And don't forget, we still got football season going on. 
There's more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before from Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code LOCKED ON to receive that bonus. From basketball to football to baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take action of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 seasons. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. We're back for our final segment of this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Sun of this podcast. We're just one win away from being eligible to play in a bowl game, which, if you're not going to the playoffs, generally that's one of the bigger things that you strive for throughout the season, right? You want to be able to win your conference, specifically for recruiting purposes, bragging rights, whatever that is towards the end of the season. We're going to discuss what ASU is going to be playing for. As of right now, they sit at 5-2. and two. We think they're a talented team, but other people need to think that as well. Richie, if there is a specific bowl game you would like them to play in, would you give a, at least a couple for what those would be? I mean, like, best case scenario? Sure, let's go with best case scenario to start. That's a Rose Bowl. But here's the thing. So as I was looking all this up, awful, awful news that I did not realize. The Rose Bowl is part of the BCS playoff this year. Not BCS, excuse me, college football playoff this year. So big time bummer. That would mean Arizona State would have to find themselves into the top four, which they won't with, with two, two losses. losses that yeah. is, that's not a best case that scenario anymore. That is impossible, yeah. That would have been best case. So the best case would be one of the other New Year's Six Bowls that are not included in the, the, in the football, playoffs football this playoff this year, which, if I'm not mistaken, would include the Rose Bowl. Or not the Rose Bowl. Gosh, dang We just talked about that. <laughs> the Orange Bowl. What about the Rose Bowl? Not the, not the Rose Bowl, you jerk. The Orange Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl would be the two other big ones that you would really hope for. I'm not sure how the Peach Bowl and the Cotton Bowl would play out as well, but those would be your big New Year's Six games, right? But other than that, I mean, there, there's a handful of other bowl games that you could look at. Uh, just just off the top of my head, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list some of the big ones that I can think of. So you got the Independence Bowl, you got the Liberty Bowl, the Music City Bowl, the the Alamo Bowl. Have you mentioned the Rose Bowl yet? You know what, Connor? I will not be insulted like this on my own podcast. And I, I'm just getting real sick and tired. Drop location. I'm sick of this. Uh, currently right next to you. But So <laughs> I, I think no matter who you ask, ASU is definitely going to be worthy of a bowl game. right? They, they play U of A this year. That is a guaranteed win. So when we play them this year, we'll at least cross the minimum threshold in order to like be able to play in a bowl game. So... We are going to be eligible at some point. It's just a question of what game are we going to get. You want the, the, the best game possible. So in order for that to happen, I ideally, best case scenario, you, you can win out and win in a dominant fashion, and maybe you're, you're going to get one of these highly televised games not playing at 7.30 right uh, against a really great opponent. Assuming that doesn't happen, I, I really hope they're at least ranked. Otherwise, if you're playing a ball game at that point, what does it mean? What does it, it means nothing. It truly doesn't. Bowl games are so meaningless if it's not a New Year's Six or if it's not a big-time one. Like an example, like the Independence Bowl or the Holiday Bowl. That's a better example. The Holiday Bowl is super important, but it's not a New Year's Six. It's not one of the big six bowl games, but it is a very prestigious one to go to. 
So real quick, just to joke around with you, I this just popped in my head. Are you talk about the Rose Bowl again? I swear, Connor Drios, I am so sick and tired of you. I'm going to kick you out of your house right now. But in, in all seriousness, and by all seriousness, I mean totally joking around. Knowing Arizona State, we're going to the Sun Bowl. Just like we seem to do every other year, we're going to the Sun Bowl. They should probably just rename it the Sun Double Bowl. The Sun Double Bowl, exactly. I mean, you're halfway there. You might as well just fully commit. Full send right now. Yeah, but then you have to like you'd have to sit people down in a room and just like tell them why they need to add the devil to that. And I just I don't think that's a meeting that would go incredibly well. But it, for a lot Cancel of cancel culture. Yeah. <laughs> for a lot of these bowl games, um, you have like a lot of your seniors, which I don't know if you know this, but ASU's got a lot of seniors. I did not know that. They have a ton of them. It, it, this it's, is news to me. It's generally like some of your like uh, an example, uh, Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry did not play in uh, their bowl game right before he declared for the draft. And understandably so. I, I know there's people out there who would hear that and think, well, he's quitting on his team. No. I hate that. That's he, a whole, that's a rant for a whole other podcast. I hate that, though. He's getting prepared to go make millions of dollars. Exactly. He's, he's done everything else for his team. Like, 100%. He's earned the right to do that. So, in this case, I'm not sure we have any, any seniors or at least uh, people who are going to be draft eligible that are going to be kind of in that position uh the only one might be uh, a potentially like Jaden Daniels but even with a lot of like the, the lack of potential top tier talent at quarterback this year I don't think Jaden Daniels is going to be a, even like a top even like three round pick so I don't I don't think he declares I that's the thing is if you're him like why would you even want to do that why not go back and try to improve your draft stock just as much we've seen him improve every single year so if you can do that again for one more year and I I We'll talk about this at a later time, but I don't think we look at next year's draft class for quarterbacks and think it's, it's going to be necessarily stacked either. So if you can go back and improve and improve your draft stock, why wouldn't you? But anyways, as far as the bowl games go, I don't think ASU is going to have anybody sit out. So uh, it should be at least one last exciting hurrah for a lot of these guys that we've been watching all year. Uh, so a lot of the MVPs that we highlighted um, that are uh, currently seniors, that will probably be the last game we'll, we'll ever see with them all together. Yeah, and the, and the bright side and silver lining, not only for the fans, but for the players too, is because they're seniors, there's a good chance they want to play this game. And not only that, none of these guys are talked about as first-round picks, not even really second- or third-round picks. Majority of these guys talking about mid-rounds, like Chase Lucas, mid-round pick, Jack Jones, mid-round pick, Merlin Robinson, mid-round pick, Christian Lole, mid-round pick. It, the list just goes on and on. Tyler Johnson, I, I don't even know if he's being talked about as a pick. I haven't heard Darian Butler's name yet, which I feel like that needs to change sooner rather than later. But my point is, these guys are going to have something to play for. So unlike years past where Arizona State has guys like Nikhil Harry set out, you're probably going to see this team play at full force, even if it's just the Sun Bowl. But obviously, if you run the table, put your cards together, and get to a New Year's Six Bowl, which would mean you win the Pac-12. And that's not out of reach. You win the Pac-12, I would, yeah, I would guarantee you that you get to a New Year's Six Bowl. You just got to win your conference. I think you could still lose one game, but this is this is again. We, we talked a little bit on yesterday's edition of the the, the podcast. If they can still, they, they can probably lose one more game and still be able to win the South. But that that's it. And you for that, you're still also probably going to need a little bit of help from Utah or UCLA. So. If they do lose that one other game, but they still end up winning South and beat Oregon, I, I think you're probably in contention for it. But at that point, if you do win out and you do beat Oregon and win the Pac-12, you're pretty much guaranteed one of those games, I would think. 
Bowl, and unfortunately playing against Arizona State, is if they do lose a third game, that that's not, but they do win the Pac-12. So let's say they lose a third game, they just drop something, which quite frankly, me and you both agree, they're probably going to do that. Yep. They, If they drop that game, but they win the Pac-12, that is worst case scenario for the, for the college football planners who schedule the bowl games. Do you think they want to have a Pac-12 champion with three losses playing one of the New Year's Six? No, they, they would They'll hate that. They'll take the eighth-best SEC team. That, I mean, would you blame them? I would. Because yeah. if you put Arkansas in there, you at me right now. I'm pretty sure there's a locked-on Razorbacks podcast. Please don't at me. <laughs> I think there is. So shout-out to y'all if there is. So that, those are our thoughts as far as a potential bowl game for ASU. Uh, once they do cross that threshold, we can start to talk about that a little bit more. Uh, but assuming that they do get that last win against the <clears throat> U of A, uh, they should at least be eligible for this year. So we'll let me see what bowl game they do get. Thanks for making Lockdown Sun Devils your first <laughs> listen every single day. Uh, now make your second listen to the Lockdown Pac-12 podcast. Get all of your daily Pac-12 news in less than 30 minutes with Pac-12 expert Sydney Robinson. You're listening to the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast.